Hi, my name's Dave. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm here uh, not by any virtue, but because of my circumstances. I'm a compulsive overeater. So, um, I was born May the 22nd, 1944, and my name was Robert Lee Henderson. And I was put up for adoption. I was a war baby, what they called a war baby during World War II. And uh, my mother, I was a second child born out of wedlock to my mother, Mamie Elizio, and I was born in Oak Knoll Hospital in Oakland, California, close to some of you folks. So I don't remember a thing about that. <laughs> but uh, I do remember uh, that uh, a, a nice lady named Dorothy uh, Burge and a man named Albert Burge adopted me. And, uh, and they fought a lot. And uh, I slept, I had to sleep with the lights on and I didn't find out till I came in the program at 32 years old why I slept with the lights on. Uh, but it happens to a lot of adopted children, uh, especially when they feel insecure. Uh, and I was always afraid of the dark as a grown adult and ashamed of it. So uh, my... Uh, my dad worked all the time, didn't spend much much time with me. And uh, so I missed out on the the male initiation part of manhood, you know, and I learned all this stuff later on when I did a, an inventory and 10 step. So um, I, uh, my mother would sit me down when I was feeling sorry for myself or scared or, or, or didn't, I told her that I didn't think anybody loved me. And uh, so she would sit me down with a box of uh, crackers and a glass of milk. And then I would eat half the box of crackers and she'd say, well, you know, that's gluttony. You know, so I got a little mixed message there. And so uh, I was always, a, uh, I was always a, a chubby little boy growing up and uh, I used to tell my mother, you know, that the boys or kids are calling me name, tubby, tubby, two by four, can't get through the kitchen door and uh, all, the, all the insults and cruelties that, you know, children do. And, uh, and she said, she would tell me, you're not, you're not fat. You're just husky. You know? So, you know, trying to make me feel better. And that's, that was what was sweet about her. And uh, so uh, as I, all through my teenage years, uh, I uh, was a follower, you know, and I, I, I followed bigger kids around and things like that. And I just wanted, I wanted to be accepted and loved. Uh, and I, I didn't have a really good sense about myself. And uh, so as I got older, I, I got, I got involved in uh, automobiles and I got interested in that. And, uh, and I, and I, Met, I met some men that, that kept me out of trouble that let me, I, I would hang around their machine shops and then they'd say, well, you're not, if you're going to hang around here, we'll give you something to do, you know? So they, they uh, taught me how to do, uh, run machinery and make things. And, and, uh, and they had racing cars, which I was really interested in. And so uh, I learned how to work on those things and, and, and uh, you know, they mentored me and, uh, and that, that, that kept me out of trouble. You know, I, I got, I, as I look back on it and they actually gave me a, an initiation. So did the men 
that came out of World War II that I worked for because I, I was a government employee and I worked on, on, a, on a naval base and on machinery. And those old men uh, took took us under their wing and they they uh, mentored us, you know, and uh, they they roughed us up a little bit with language and things like that, but they but they loved us in a special way. So that was a big part of of what I learned about myself in Overeaters Anonymous. But anyway, I, I just kept, kept getting bigger and bigger. And then I worked, I went to Los Angeles and worked for a guy on his racing cars. And he told me about this doctor in Azusa, Stanley Z. Gilbert. And he and he had he had these pills that he gave you on a shot. And what it was was amphetamines, it was speed. And, uh, you know, I took your appetite away and, and that, and that worked, you know, I took a pill every, you know, before each meal and, and, you know, my weight started to go down. Then I go back and say, you know, I'm starting to get hungry again. Dr. Gilbert said, well, take two pills. And I thought, well, this guy's wonderful. He's giving me more pills free, you know? And so I got up to three, I don't know how many, four, four pills, you know, and I, and I couldn't sleep. I was so wound up, you know, finally some lady, uh, of course, uh, died because she was, you know, taking all that stuff and, uh, and he got sued and closed down. And, and I was really upset, you know, cause that he was, he was God. He was the guy that, you know, I always want, I always had my idols, you know, and, uh, before I got in the program. And, uh, so I moved back down to San Diego and, uh, and I was, I weighed 190 pounds and I had all these nicknames, Porky, you know, like I said, San Diego fats, they should call me at the races. And, uh, and I just say, you know, well, at the price of pork, that's a compliment, you know, things like that. I always had a, a, a comical line to say back, you know, and, uh, and one day it wasn't funny anymore. And I don't know what day that was, but I went to see my doctor at Kaiser Permanente and, I, and she put me on a, she gave me a food plan. She's going to food plan. And, uh, you know, follow the food plan, you'll be fine. And, uh, so I did, I lost, you know, like every diet, I lost weight and, uh, Christmas time came around and all the guys in the shop says, okay, Dave, you've been doing the diet, you know, uh, all year, you're doing great in your diet. It's Christmas. It's we're having a potluck. Come on, you know, have some food and then you can start on your diet Monday. Well, I'm not unique. Monday never came, you know, but 20 pounds did. And uh, so I kept going up and up and up, you know, and uh, finally one day I bet this guy, only men do this, I was a whole bunch of guys in the shop. And I bet this guy, Bill, that he was fatter than I was. And we had this big truck scale and we both got on the truck scale one at a time. And I lost by about 40 pounds. And, uh, and so that, that, you know, that touched me somewhere. And so I went back to Dr. Marijanian and I said, you know, your diet didn't work. I gained a lot of my weight back. And she said, well, you just need to use a little willpower, Dave. You can't come in here all the time. I've got other patients and everything. And I said, well, I read about the stomach bypass surgery and I pay $62 and 48 cents a month for my health insurance. I want the bypass surgery. And she says, well, you know, you're not a candidate for it because you know, you don't have it. You don't have high blood pressure or congestion. We only give that to people that are in dire straits. Well, they, you know, it's an industry now, of course, and that's fine. We've got a lot of fine folks that come in here and have had the bypass surgery. I'm not knocking that. I'm just telling you my story. 
so she said, but you know, I, I said, well, you know, then, then I want to, I need to see a psychiatrist because anybody that eats like I do is crazy. There's something wrong with me. And she says, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. You probably just need a support group. She says, I know of two weight watchers and overeaters anonymous. I don't know much about them, but the only thing I do know is weight watchers cost money and overeaters anonymous is free. So guess where I went. And, uh, so I ended up at a Wednesday night meeting at WD Hall Middle School, the second Pepper in El Cajon, California. And guys like you were there. I'd never heard anybody talk like that, that you understood me. You were talking my language. You knew what it was like to be like me and eat like I did. And I heard all the stories and I was paying attention. I you got my attention that first meeting. And they said, here, well, here's what you need to do. At that time, this is this is uh, August the 17th, 1976. All right, and I weighed 300. I weighed, you know, 300 pounds. I weighed 298, but I didn't stop eating. And then months later, I came to the program. So I know I made 300 pounds. I just know I did. And uh, they said, "Here's what you do: you get a sponsor, you call your food in every day." Follow this food plan, no sugar, flour, wheat, weigh and measure your food, call three people every day. And I, exactly what I did, you know, I would, you know, uh, like step two says, the program can be your higher power. And you were my higher power, the, the energy in the meeting. And it worked and I dropped 130 pounds in a little over a year, probably. And, uh, and I cruised along, hiring a kite and everybody wanted me to speak and, tell them how it, how did I do it? You know? And, uh, and so I was, you know, I, I was, I was pretty full of ego and not, not much humility. And, uh, so, you know, about 10 years later, I, I crashed, you know, and, and then I, and it was, you know, as a lot of us know, it was a long trudge back. And, uh, but I, but I kept coming to meetings and, uh, and I uh, got a got a got a sponsor, and it went, and, and and in the middle of this, my wife, she didn't like Overeaters Anonymous, and this happens to a lot of us, because you gave me something that she couldn't, and and that was the program, and and you know, she didn't understand. I understand that now, and and it and it was very upsetting, and uh, so she so she divorced me. And, and my divorce paper said respondent suffered <clears throat> severe personality change as a result of involvement in the program of overeaters anonymous, almost quote unquote. And they delivered the Marshall delivered the papers to my apartment. I was living with a guy in AA that I met at an OA meeting and he became my sponsor and he'd been around a while and he was uh, worldly. Shall can I say that about him? His name was Pete. And Pete helped me work the program. He taught me about how you work the program, like they do in AA, you know. And he uh, he set me down and 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 helped me to uh, write and he'd read what I wrote, and then he would look at it and say, "Write write about this. You keep writing in there. There's something wrong. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me." And and he's the one that helped me discover that I who I was really angry at myself. And, uh, so, you know, slowly I got, I got better, you know, and I went to a lot of outside stuff because I really needed to, you know, I went to 
these human potential seminars and things like that. But really, Overeaters Anonymous was where I belonged. And so the years went by, and then I met my my second wife. My first wife had passed away, and I did make amends to her. Uh, and I met my second wife, and she was a, a woman that I, we went to school together when we were little kids, and then my family moved away. And my parents kept separating and, and, you know, and they finally divorced and my mother moved down here and then my father moved down here and then it was just, you know, there's just a mess. And uh, so I ended up down here and, uh, and my wife uh, turned out to be, have a little problem with alcohol. <laughs> and so she, she was really, uh, had a big problem with that. And then I ended up and just make a long story short, I ended up in Al-Anon, which got me to be more serious about OA and, and to look at me and not look at her and, uh, and mind my own business, which I started to do in earnest. And so, um, so I began to get better. And, uh, so, uh, then I got another sponsor, that, that, that befriended me when I came in the program and he passed away a couple of years ago. He was a wonderful old guy and he became my friend and he, he, uh, took me to the next, to next level. That's what I call it. And, uh, so, um, so, uh, anyway, um, I got so bad in the middle of this thing that I, I sponsored this, I 12 stepped this guy. He was 400 pound guy worked in the building. I named Richard. And what I learned from Pete was uh, he would he would see somebody and and uh, you know they as the old say he takes one to know one he knew who was an alcoholic you know and so he would twelve step people right on the street and we were in a restaurant one night and he twelve stepped the waitress and she got mad and told the manager and we almost got kicked out of there you know and I said you know Pete knocked that off I you know it's, I almost didn't get my dinner you know. Well, a couple, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks later, we were downtown San Diego and this lady, Jay walked across Broadway and walked up to Pete says, shook his hand, says, I have 30 days, you know? And I, wow, that's what that's all about, you know? I mean, no, no way what we did is, you know, uh, if somebody comes to the meeting, you talk to them, you know, you're nice to them, you know, or, or you know, and uh, maybe you'll make a phone call to them and, and sponsor them and give them five minutes to give you your, their food, you know. But that's not what he did. What's what I learned in that apartment over there, 174 Roanoke Road, where he and I lived, is people came over there all the time. There was always somebody sitting at the table, sleeping overnight on the couch because they were something they were hurting. Something happened, their boyfriend left them, or any number of things, you know. And and uh, that place was, you know, it was a wonderful time because there was always somebody coming in and out of there, and we were listening to him or listening to something they wrote. And that's where I learned the program, you know, as I, as I understand it. And I, and I, when my wife, uh, after 25 years, 25 years, maybe 20, 22 years, she got her sobriety. She fell here in the bedroom and broke her shoulder. And we were in the emergency room. And uh, the doctor said, uh, Mrs. Burge, why do you think you fell, you know? And he'd already saw her blood test, so he knew. She says, I'm an alcoholic, you know, and I, I about fell out of my chair, you know, but that was her bottom, you know. And uh, 
and I, I was I, I, her legacy. I'm really proud of her because she really worked the AA program hard, and she sobered up the neighbor next door, Anthony. She went over there. You know, he was a raging alcoholic, and she says, "I'm going to go over there and tell take tell Anthony uh, that he's taking me to a meeting tomorrow." You know, and so she passed away 2014, but uh, she was a, still an inspiration to me. You know, just to, to see what happens when we finally let go and surrender and work these steps and and uh, and help other people. You know, and that's always got me out of trouble. So. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, like I was saying, I, I did need psychological help or, you know, second step says God will restore us to sanity. But before then, sometimes some of us need a, a little extra help. So I went to see Dr. Woods. I made an appointment at Kaiser and he was a psychiatrist or a counselor or something like that. And uh, I talked to him. I, I don't know. I, I think I was with him for quite a, I think went there every week. I don't know, it was three months or so. I think that's all the time you got. And I talked my head off. I mean, I told him everything that was bothering me. And uh, and 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 he'd sit there. He's a real skinny guy with a you know with a legal pad, and he's you know making little notes and things like that. And I I got I got a little irritated with him. I, I said, well, you know, you you haven't told me what's wrong with me. I've been coming here for all this time, you know, and you haven't told me what's wrong with me. He says, well, that's for you to figure out, you know. But he says, I don't think there's anything wrong with you, really, Dave. You know, you're just lonely and, you know, sad. And, and uh, But I do see three things you might want to consider. Number one, you think you're supposed to be happy all the time. And that's unrealistic. If you're not happy, you think something's wrong. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong. And you don't look at the whole picture when you look at things. You only have a small lens you focus out of. And you probably could open the aperture a little bit, see things a little different, you know. And you don't see how far you've come. You've come a long way. You used to weigh 300 pounds. You look great, you know. So how about that, you know. So I wrote that down on, and I put it up on the wall so I could see it, you know. Uh, and... Uh, I used to have a big sign in here that said, why am I reacting? Because I discovered that I react to things emotionally rather than look at things objectively. So this program is incredible. Um, so um, I might not make it to 20 minutes, but that's all right. But I know um, what's funny about me is, is uh, a few years ago, I decided that I, you know, I, I had a little heart problem, nothing serious, but I thought, you know, it kind of, it kind of snapped me around a little bit and, uh, my food was kind of sloppy. You know, I ate three meals a day, but could have been any, you know, could have been a big meal or it could have been something, you know, I want to mention any food names, but, uh, uh, my, my girlfriend's in another, uh, 12 step program for overeating. And we went to a, a, a little, uh, a mini retreat on the weekend. And this lady had her, he had, she had her, uh, her, her food plan for the whole week, you know? And so I said, can I get a copy of that? She says, oh yeah, there's copies there on the table. So I took it home and I put it up on my refrigerator and every day I'd get up and I, you know, and I, I'd mark off, you know, one protein, one fruit, whatever, you know, and, and I had been writing in my journal, 
you know, uh, God, I need God's help. I need God's help. I, I, I'm powerless. Uh, you know, I can't. Five left. Five minutes. Good. I, I don't have the willingness. I need the will. I kept praying for uh, for the willingness and uh, um, and the willingness came one day. I don't remember what day it was, but I started marking that step up, and I, by golly, I was ma measuring my food, and so I, I, I come all this way to come back where I was in the beginning, you know, so that I'm, I'm doing back what I, what I did. So, uh, I lost that excess weight and I went to the, uh, I went, I have to have my blood pressure checked every once in a while. So I went to the urgent care where you go to have it checked. And I told, and the nurse popped up the thing and it says on a little piece of paper, it said obese. And I said, well, I'm obese still. Huh? And he goes, you're not obese. He said, yeah, you know, I said, well, I, you know, look, I, I was a big man all my life. I have never known what my goal weight should be. And he says, well, you can go down here and they have a machine you can get on and they check your internal and external body fat and your internal and external muscles. And they can tell you within, you know, about five or six pounds, what your what you should weigh. And so I did. And so I'm in that, I'm in that day tight compartment there. So that, that's comforting to know. And uh, so, you know that that this is an ongoing process for me, and I know uh, that life. I've learned that life is a continuous cycle of pain, growth, and joy. So that snapped me out of the happy all the time. You know, I'm going to feel some pain, and if I allow myself to grow and write about it, talk about it, uh, I, I'm going to get through it and feel some joy. You know, that's 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 what happens to me. And uh, I don't know, I wrote something down here. It's uh, so it's life is a, it's really a journey and it's not a destination. And, and I say I'm, I, I go to three step studies a week because I need to be in the steps. And, uh, and I like the steps and I, I sponsor a lot of people, especially the Zoom stuff has been great. And I, and I probably sponsor too many people, but. I don't know if you can or not, but I'm, you know, anybody that asks for my help, I'll help them. But I, we were, we were in, we were studying the AA 12 and 12 and all through there, it, it has this word grace in there. You know, we're sober today only by the grace of God. And so I, I it sounds like a religious word to me, you know, and I looked it up and it means uh, a gift from Providence that's unearned. And then I remember a guy at a meeting, he drove by a church and he said, you know, they have those billboards out there and it said, salvation is received, not achieved. And he spoke at the meeting and he, and he said, you know, when I read that sign, I changed salvation to abstinence. And he said, that's, he said, that's the way I, my absence is. I received it. I didn't achieve it. I didn't have to do anything. And that's what the big book says. So, so that kind of came clear to me. So I really believe that God's, grace has taken away this food obsession and I haven't had it for a long time and that's, and that's the gift you know I read it in the book over and over again and this lady I sponsored down in Florida she says I don't relate to that at all because I don't have that I said well then the book's wrong you know <laughs> but uh, I'm abstinent today by the grace of God thank you for listening to me and uh, God bless you all